I'm Chrissy Gray, Director of Family Ministries here at Udawal United Methodist Church. And I'm so excited that I get to speak to you today about family, about this church family, and about the future of our students and our children. I believe that Udawal United Methodist Church has the power to change this community and to impact the next generation, not only here in Udawal, Chattanooga area, but in the world. Eugene Peterson, you may know him as the man who translated the Bible into the message. In his book, Running With Horses, said one of my favorite quotes. In fact, I have it highlighted in the book and underlined, and it says, no child is just a child. Each is a creature in whom God intends to do something glorious and great. No one is only a product of the genes contributed by parents. Here's the part. Who we are and will be is compounded with who God is and what he does. See, God is at work in our life, in the lives of the people around you, in the lives of our babies, our children, our youth, our adults. All of you are pretty spectacular on your own. But who we are and who God is will be compounded with who God is and what he does. Our possibilities are endless because we have the creator of the universe working on our behalf. We need to set our children, our youth, our people on a path to become all that God created them to be. Everyone in this room who's a Jesus follower is tasked with the job of showing others, particularly our next generation, exactly who God is. We are called to be disciples. That means doing the work of God and being students of Jesus. We all have a responsibility and a role in passing down our faith to the next generation. If you're 120 years old sitting in this room, you still have work to do. If you're a teenager, a student, you still have work to, you have lots of work to do, lots of work ahead of you. Children, this means you too. You have work to do. There's no time to sit back when it comes to our faith. The church council, who is the governing body of this church, voted in October of 2022 to adopt a family ministry plan. We have been making strides to be intentional and deliberate in how we equip this church to build up and bring up the next generation. So in today's scripture, the Deuteronomy passage, God is using Moses to give clear instruction to the Israelites, God's chosen people. Now, the Israelites had been enslaved by Egypt for 400 years. God sent Moses to help deliver them out of slavery and in Egypt. And God, the Pharaoh, didn't want to let the people go. So as you'll know, one of our favorite stories in children's is the 10 plagues. God sent plagues upon Egypt. There were frogs everywhere, frogs in the oven, frogs on the bed. That's always a favorite was one of them. Uh, they had boils on their body, days of darkness, all these things to the last plague, which was the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. And then Pharaoh sent the people out. And when they went out, God went before them in a pillar of a cloud and at night, a pillar of fire. And Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh changed his mind. He didn't have slaves anymore. So he changed his mind and he sent his army out after them. And there they are with the army behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. And God parts the Red Sea through Moses and they walk across on dry ground. And they get over there 
When they don't have food, God sends manna every morning, which is bread, little pieces of bread on the ground, and quail every night. These people had a first-hand seat to how amazing God is and what God is capable of, yet they couldn't get it right. God had promised to take them to the promised land, and they couldn't listen. They couldn't get it right. And so they were wandering the desert for 40 years. Now, so in our passage today, Moses is addressing the Israelites, but this is a new generation of Israelites. They're preparing to enter the promised land. These aren't the same people who left Egypt. Those people have come and gone. It's 40 years later. So as he's talking to them, he is urging them not to repeat the mistakes of their parents' generation. He's wanting them to experience the full blessing of the promised land, but to do so, the people must learn to listen to, God, listen to God and love him above all else. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 is the foundation of our family ministry plan. These verses in Deuteronomy are some of the most well-known verses in the Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6 says, Israel, listen, our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must always be on your minds. This is referred to as the Shema, and it is part of a prayer that many Jews today pray and Israel used to pray. It's recited every morning and every evening to remind them that above all else, they should love God with every fiber of their being. The word for being in Hebrew is nefesh, sometimes translated as soul or essence. And many scholars say that this is a word that should not be translated because it is so complicated and there's so many parts to it. It literally means throat. So one rabbi says it is even referred to as innermost thoughts and feelings. But I think the point to this is above all else, that above all else, we must love God from the most surface parts of ourselves to the deepest parts of ourselves. Jesus repeats this for us in the New Testament. When the teachers of the law were trying to trip Jesus up, they said, hey, what is the most important commandment? Because you got to remember, they had over 600 rules to follow. And they said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus replies in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So this brings us to the first part of our ministry plan. If we want to show the next generation, and students, that's the one behind you too. So you, you have a role here too. But if we want to show them the next generation, the people in our community, the people we work with, the people we go to school with, who God is, we need to love God with our hearts, all our hearts, our minds, and our souls, with every fiber of our being. People, parents, if you want to, your kids to know what God is like, that means you love him with all your heart. As parents, we often take care of ourselves way before we take care of our children. This is just the way of things. We make sure that they have all they need, even if it means we go without. And it made me think of this picture 
when you get on an airplane, how the stewardess directs us to put on our own oxygen before we help anyone else. I can't help but think that that has to be for parents because what good are we if we're passed out because we don't have enough air? We have to first give ourselves air before we can give it to our children. That's true with our faith. If we aren't working on loving God with our whole being, then how can we help others? Faith isn't something we do one time and we're done. It is a continual work, a continual growth, a continual effort, a continual journey. So how do you stay in love with God? There are many day-to-day things we do. We pray, we listen to music, daily devotions, Bible study. We attend church, we serve in missions. We serve in the church. All of these things are really important and so important. But surrounding yourself with a close-knit group of people who know you and who love God is one of the biggest things you can do to grow your faith and keep your heart loving God. Our church council declared in October of 2022 that this church believes in small groups. For our children, their small group time is Sunday mornings from 10 a.m. to 10.50 a.m. They have dedicated small group leaders who show up week after week. They show up at different times throughout the week, and when we have family events, they show up to spend extra time with the kids just to be present. For our youth, small group happens on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Again, small group leaders show up, but they show up at other times too. They show up on Sunday morning Sunday school, They show up on Sunday night. They show up for the youth. Parents, not only do these leaders show who God is, but guess what? They're your chief encouragers. They reinforce what you're trying to instill in your kids. As your kids grow, you learn they don't always listen to you. And it's weird how they'll sometimes listen to other adults. So we have adults at the ready to speak into the lives of your kids. I wish everyone in this church could see how much these leaders love on our kids and our students. How they notice when they aren't acting like themselves. How they notice when they're really happy. How they help them solve life's problems, pick out prom dresses, all sorts of things. Pray for their dogs. I wish you could see what it's like for the kids who are known here in this church. For your student to be known, loved, and encouraged, it's so, so simple. I'm going to tell you how. Show up. Show up time over time, again and again. Again, it's not a race. It's a marathon, and it's a long way. So keep coming. Keep showing up. So many times we get kids that come to middle school, and the parents are like, they're not connected. I don't know how to get them connected. You start when they're young. We can still get them connected in middle school, but you got to bring them. They got to show up. For adults, we're launching several groups. These groups are designed to give you community where the masks come off and you grow into a relationship with each other and God. This is vital in the journey for you and your family. It's that oxygen that you need. So, right now, we have life group sign up going on. We're just launching this, so there's not a ton out there, but there's several, several that you can get connected to, and they'll run through May. We're going to take a break in the summer and do some church-wide events that bring us all together and keep us all connected, and then we'll relaunch in the fall, and that will be our cycle every year.
You can go on our Grow link on our website and you will see those groups. And it has all kinds of groups. It has Sunday school groups, short-term studies. We encourage you to get connected to grow your faith. The next part of this strict scripture gives clear instruction. It says, recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you are out and about, when you are lying down and when you are getting up. These words that I'm, that's what it says, that's what it says. Have you ever met a grandparent with a new grandbaby? They are so in love, aren't they? They'll show you the pictures. They'll, um, they'll have a story at the ready. And if you have the fortune to go by their home, sometimes they'll even show you videos, lots of them. That's what it is. It's a beautiful thing, that kind of love. When you love something, it's overflowing to everyone you talk to. It flows into our conversation, our thoughts, what we do, when we do it. We give consideration to everything we do with them in mind. So if we work on staying in love with God, he will flow in every part of our life. This means we should love God with all our life and for all our life. And when we do, when we love God with all of who we are and with everything we've got, we bear witness to others. It means to love him in everything we do, in every word we speak, in every minute of every day. Parents, I have some intentional ways for you to lead your kids and students to love God like you do. If you weren't raised in the faith, sometimes even if you were, this seems frightening and foreign. I want to leave you with some practical ways that are part of our family ministry plan. When we have weekly staff meetings or during other meetings and with the kids and students, we'll ask the question, where have you seen God this week? Call that a God sighting. When you're with your people out for a walk and you see a beautiful tree, stop and say, God, isn't this amazing? When you're getting out of your car at night and you happen to notice the stars are extra beautiful, stop your kids and say, hey, God is so big. Look at that. When you hear an ambulance pass by or see life force overhead, say, hey, let's take a minute. Let's pray for the people that are hurting, the people that are helping in their families. It doesn't have to be anything big. It be God be with them. Help them. Be present. It could be as small as a new flower or as big as a new baby. God sightings are big and small. God sightings are everywhere. God sightings are things that happen as we walk along the road, as we lie down, and as we get up. Reverend Dr. Barbara, Barbara Brown Taylor, this is a tongue twister, said in her book, Altars in the World, Earth is so thick with divine possibility that it is a wonder we can walk anywhere without cracking our shins on an altar. That simply means God is everywhere and everything. We just need to open our eyes and our ears to him. The next thing you can do is pray for your students and kids. Be intentional about prayer. Pray at the dinner table. Pray together as a family before you go to bed. If your kids have a big test that morning, pray for them before they get out of the car. Pray for them before a big tryout. Pray for them when they say they are hurting or scared or they have hurting and scared friends. It can be so simple. I told the youth last Sunday night 
that we are blessed in this church with some some people who do amazing prayers. They are beautiful and they sound great. And I'm so jealous of it because I sound like a baby learning to talk. And that's okay. I figure that my prayers give everyone else the go-ahead to pray however they pray. My prayers are short and easy and really clear. But your prayers can be like mine. It doesn't have to be this beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing anytime you talk to God. So another thing you can do is something we call faith talks. This is setting aside time each week in your home to be intentional about teaching scripture and leading your family. It could be around the dinner table. It could be on a trip to Starbucks, a walk down the road, a picnic. These can happen anywhere, but the key is intentionality, putting it on your calendar, making sure everyone in your family is available. We even help make this easier every month. There's a packet out in the Family Resource Center And this packet's pretty thick because it has devotion, but it has games, and it has crafts, and it has recipes, and it has all kinds of things in it for when you get together. You don't have to do it all at one time, but be intentional about talking with Scripture with your kids. You don't have to have all the answers. None of us do. Even if they try to make you think they do, they don't have all the answers. So don't be scared to talk to your kids about Scripture. The last part of this scripture says this. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them in your house's door frame and on your city gates. Some Jews take this very seriously. They tie what is called a teflon to their body. And you'll see it has like boxes and it has straps. And inside is the Torah or the word of God. Or they put a mezuzah on their door frame going into their house, which also has some Torah in it and scripture. And I was thinking, hey, we have a Protestant version of this. This is a little Super Bowl for you. But this is our Protestant version. Um, I'll show you, maybe. <laughs> it is. Huh, see, Tim Tebow with a scripture on his face. And uh, vinyl on your walls. So, so uh, you don't have to go home and put you know, black out on your face with scripture on it for the Super Bowl tonight. And you don't have to run out and buy some vinyl at Hobby Lobby and hang it up in your house. I think this simply means that we make our faith such a part of who we are that it's evident to anyone who sees us, especially our children and youth. We demonstrate our faith when we go to a restaurant and we give our kids real age, even if it means we pay a little more. It's in how we treat our server, how we act in traffic, how we do business, how we talk on the phone when we think they're not listening, when we sit and read our Bible, and when we pray. I believe the way we live, the way we treat other people, is an outward display just as obvious as wearing it on our bodies and affixing it to our homes. Does anybody else feel this way as a kid? Or maybe you feel this way now. My kids would sometimes say, I don't want to grow up. I used to tell my kids, you won't grow up till you're ready. Because that's how God works. We go in these little pieces as we grow, right? You look forward to the next stage. Oh, when I, I can go to school. Oh, when I'm out of kindergarten and in the big kid grades. Or, 
or when I get my driver's license or when I'm a teenager, all those little pieces, we look forward to those and we grow in these bite-sized pieces that we can handle as we grow. So if you're thinking to yourself, I can't remember to do all these things with my family. That is so, so much. Take a bite because God will take you the rest of the way as you're ready, as you grow, and as you grow in your love for God. There's join a life group. That's a big step, but that will help you. That will hold you to loving God by putting you with people who love God. Commit to bringing your kids and students every week so that they can have a life group. Remember, this is a marathon, not a journey. I mean, not a, not a sprint. We will fail over and over. There's an ebb and a flow to life, right? Where we do really good, and then we fall out, and we're like, oh, I'm not doing so good. Then we go back, and that's okay. It's just following that ebb and flow, but connect yourself to a life group, and that will hold you accountable. So my challenge to each one of you this week, and I'm not just talking to adults here. I'm talking to kids. I'm talking to teenagers. I'm talking to everyone. How are you going to stay in love with God this week? If we come here week after week and we don't do anything about it, we're not growing. Growing takes work. It takes effort. And I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to give up something to stay in love with God this week. If you will join me in prayer, it's a simple one. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the families that we have, the children, the youth, the adults, the leaders, for everyone in this church. Help us to grow to love you more this week. Help us to look for ways to love you. Help us see you wherever we are. Dear God, just be with us. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Won't you stand and let's worship together, but